Grand Moth Tarkin, I am honored by your visit. Okay. Welcome to Grand Moth Tarkin. <laughs> Delicately. Oh, God. <laughs> Take two. I want that Welcome sort of to start Grand with the okay. Take three. Okay. Welcome to oh, yeah. Grand <laughs> Take four. Welcome to Grand Moff Talk and delicately curated long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga tailored to the modern fanatic brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your host, Riley. Okay. Jasmine. Hello. Jake, that's me, and Isaac. Take five is the sponsor of today's show. Take five candy bars from Nestle Crunch. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, we're here doing a podcast. What else can we say? Nothing. The end. Nothing. Nope. Well, this is it. <laughs> that flies in the fate of the conceit of most podcasts. <laughs> you know what? I feel like if more people were honest about the fact that they didn't really have a reason to podcast, more podcasts would be about this length. <laughs> True enough. I don't know uh, what I was saying. Hey, this will be cut out, so it's fine. Hey, Riley, my close personal friend and podcaster. Yeah. How are you doing? I can't hear you because Isaac was talking over you. I'm just... Hey, Isaac. What? Shut up. I'm just doing all right. Is this the thing in? Just doing all right. Um, I'm hearing a lot of noises. This has been a running theme the last couple weeks. I think Isaac is actively trying to sabotage the show with chickens and biscuits. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, Jasmine, what's going on with you? Uh, there's some really annoying kids at a park right by my house. I'm about to go teach them a lesson. <laughs> we have aged so they much. Know. You know, they should know I'm recording a podcast right now, and it's really, really rude. You know, <laughs> you should put it like a my, little tie on your door. <laughs> my oh, favorite that, track. Yeah, that's what that means. On Tim McGraw's greatest hits is sabotaging the show with chicken and biscuits. <laughs> Sabotage a show with chicken and biscuits. Ladies over here and the guys over there. It's unfortunate that none of the podcast is usable so far, but you know what? Uh, We'll move on. What are we doing here today? If you don't use it, you lose it. (laughs) My brain is dead now. You're the host. What are we doing here today? That killed everything. Hey, so we are here to talk about a book. It's been several weeks since we've talked about a book and since we've had zero listeners to an episode so we figured hey we're gaining some momentum let's kill it with a book episode again (laughs) and uh what are we talking about jasmine Uh, a book called last shot about lando and han and fun times and fun times at that do you think that they included that in the subtitle of the book you know they should have seems like a huge missed opportunity um (laughs) except for our um first last jedi episode i think this is the most relevant we've been because this book came out this week so you know no, that doesn't happen very often. well i think we might have talked about rebels the week it came out but i don't know that's possible Maybe we were pretty late on that one too yeah we also remember canto bite we got that out pretty quick oh that's right and did. nobody cared but to be fair <laughs> nobody read that book nor should they have that book was a pile of trash this book is better than canto bite i feel comfortable saying that that is you know good what? I'll to say that too. Yeah. yeah. L- l- let me explain real quick for the listeners. I am the only person that has not read this book, which is why I'm hosting. Um, so what? these three chuckleheads, the titular chuckleheads, are going to talk about this book. And I, ideally, by the end of the episode, I want them to make closing arguments to convince me to either read it or not read it. 
Should well, I open I'm not with my closing be able argument? To do that because I didn't finish it because I'm slow <laughs> and people yell at me for being slow. Ooh, are you gonna be annoyed by spoilers? No, I'm fine. I, 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 I you can past. already tell, you can already tell with what I have read. It's not like a super crazy book that's gonna have major spoilers in it or anything. Yeah, it's I mean, just a fun read. I think they're only able to reveal so much in these these books. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have any pod grooming? And should we explain what that is? Um, yes cert- and no. I think we should. Isaac, I need your help as a friend and a pal and a former bro. Um, I'm here. What are we about to do right now with the pod and well, our taking care of it? I was just about to mention that, Jake, you got out of pod bed and I'm, I'm looking at you right now and you look like a mess. You're unkempt. You haven't. You only shave one side of your face these days. You haven't gotten a haircut in God knows how long. You're, Can I you tell got you your underwear on your head. You freaked me out for a second because I really haven't showered or gotten dressed today. And I thought <laughs> for a second that you literally were looking at me somehow. <laughs> I, like, I find it funny that, that that broad of a statement could uh, be misconstrued as being very specific. But you know what? That's why we're bros. So oh, for pod grooming, we uh, a lot. A lot, of, a lot of podcasts, they talk about housekeeping. They talk about cleaning up the shop. They talk about, uh, and they usually save it, save it for the end of the episode because that's kind of when you wrap things up. That's kind of like closing time. You, Can I disagree with you on You wash this? off the tables. Sure. Here's what I'm going to say. A lot of podcasts, they say, hey, real quick before we get into things, we got to do a little bit of housekeeping up top. This is, this is what I hear on a frequent basis. You know what, Jake? What's happening right now is our classic PFT uh, mix-up. And if you're following our private text threads you know what that means I'm about, I'm about two seconds from quitting the podcast <laughs> forever yes forever promise i can't believe anyone has listened to this this far maybe they don't know what pod grooming is <sighs> jake take it from here i insist Group basically this is where we Take care of things. Hey, this is where we read like reviews and emails and stuff. Uh, we don't have either of we, those things, but I am is this going where to get. Sing a user submitted song. It is. Oh God, I forgot about that. <laughs> I think we should save that for when we're in person. That's what I think. Because that way Riley can get a real clean take of it. He can make it into a nice song. <laughs> we did all... receive a user submitted pod grooming song for me to sing. Yeah, that'll be is written from my perspective. That'll be a little a little preview <laughs> of someday we will have that song. Yeah. So aren't you glad you listened to our explanation so that you got to hear that one day we might sing a song? Um, Orange, I'm glad. Say, Banana, I am. It's been a while since we've had a like episode dedication. <sighs> Do we even try to explain? No. We'll explain. No. Basically, we, <laughs> we used to dedicate episodes. No! Everyone, and we <laughs> – but we have, an, we have a dedication today. And listeners of the show who have listened for a while will remember a disturbing event that transpired uh, a few months ago at this point. We gave a shout-out from the bottom of our hearts to Comics with Kenobi, who shouted us out on Twitter, would say nice things consistently – implying that they listen to the show, but we weren't sure. So we said on the show, if you actually listen, tweet us the word peanut butter. Just as a test, guess what? Six months later, distinct lack of any kind of peanut butter in our lives. 
So I feel like we're going down a path we've gone before, but I want to throw the peanut butter challenge to the <laughs> Dex's Diner podcast, who has been nice and shouting us out on Twitter recently, which I appreciate, but I've been burned before. Uh, so if you actually listen to our show and are a bunch of sham artists like Comics with Kenobi. Uh, Shan Merck. Or, or Shan Merck artists like our Now, but that's a person that we know love us and we, we love them. Know. They, <laughs> look, Shan Mark has joined Discord. It's unfortunate that we can't talk about her because we can only I have know. one fan at any given that's time. That's right, that's right, I forgot. But Dex's Diner, if you tweet us the word peanut butter, you will be our permanent fan until we get bored of it and decide to do another one. <laughs> that's the end of Podgrooming, as far as I know. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Riley has perhaps <laughs> never been too. disengaged okay. with the show. The show can I have works a little, when we're have all a small... like, playing along, yes, anding. I want a little small. Look, this bit is so old. I just need a small little caveat. I I woke up with a migraine this morning, so I'm just a little bit. I'm a little bit off. That's all. <laughs> a little bit off. Yeah. That's how you sound right now. <laughs> I know. Now, let's talk about this book. Let's um, talk about this book. Riley, you're so it's disengaged air. from the show that yeah. I'm going to have Jasmine oh. instead explain. Give us oh, a. No. You've read the least amount of it, it sounds like. I mean, other than me, which I've read 0%. But yeah, what? how would you describe Last Shot? Like, brief plots um, and this. Non-important? I think, like, really, Explain. I haven't read that much of it. Just, like, it's not a story that really needed to be told. It's just a story that gives you a little insights into, you know, characters you love that we haven't really seen a ton of in new canon. And... You get to see them, how how they're doing now after Return of the Jedi, and flashing back to this one good old time they had like 10 years ago. It's just a, a, a light read, I would say, but it's it to me it's been enjoyable so far. I would say that any book that is good um, is important. Not, okay. yeah, sure. I well, guess I don't know. I would, I would say it's unimportant in like the way that she means that like solo the movie will probably be unimportant yeah. like there's no actually you know what that's not even true because there kind of are galaxy-wide implications in this book but at no okay, point well, are, are you yet, are you so. really in fear of the galaxy being destroyed because you know the type of book it is so in that way it's just a fun adventure that sounds great to me yeah i will say this i'm i'm not into the um constant assertion that like everything has to be really impactful to the mythology for it to be worthwhile um because i feel like that was a lot of people's opinion of uh, the last jedi and stuff is it didn't give us anything new or i don't know one thing i can say i've liked so far even though i'm not super far in um i've liked seeing where han is at like his mental state after return of the jedi and after ben's been think ben's two in this book so just like han's mental state of being a dad and having no clue what he's doing is interesting because it's a completely different Han than we saw in old canon, I would say. I was actually going to ask a follow-up question about that. In, okay. old, in old canon, um, did you ever see Han raising Jason and Jaina, like being a, a real father in that way? 
not really it, because no? those those books took place or that their growth took place during the Young Jedi Knight series. Yeah. And that right. that book was not concerned was with say. how Han was as a father, you know. So like yeah, it never really delved into it. You just assumed Han was a nice old dad. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, that that makes sense. Okay, uh, so this is kind of new territory then. Like mm-hmm. we didn't see him really properly raising his children. No, they were we always seeing... they were always going on adventures and stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. So did we pretty much see them like we they were born when the Thrawn trilogy and then just cut to them going on young Jedi Knight adventures? Pretty. There might have been a couple books in between. I think. But but none of them ever the really. Things, but... Nothing ever yeah. really dealt with Han raising a two-year-old kid or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Riley, how have you give, – give me your review. It reminded me a lot of the, the books I've recommended in the past, the old Han and Lando books, because there's a lot of silly things, silly, crazy ideas that happen in these books, um, and it's just a, a weird – a weird adventure that Han and Lando get to go on. I read it very quickly because I, I got it on Friday and today's Sunday. So I had to read it really quickly. So like the end of the nice. book, I kind of checked out a little bit because there was maybe one too many action set pieces that got a little boring to read. So near the end of the book, I, I kind of um, read it very quickly. But overall, I really I really enjoyed it. It dealt with an issue that we'll talk about that I have um, been interested in for a long time in Star Wars. And I think we're going to disagree as to how it was handled, me and Isaac. <laughs> but this is a, it's an issue that I was really glad to finally see somewhere in Star Wars. So there's a little so, teaser. Okay, cool. Um, Isaac. Hey. Sounds like you don't agree with Sir Riles Bowman. Well, really agree with jasmine and riley's appraisal of the book it just so happens that that's just not really my cup of tea the thing is like i enjoyed the book for probably the first half because it is like this super pulpy adventure with a bunch of weird stuff going on like there's a and there's an ewok that's part of the team was a she was a slicer right an ewok slicer yeah so you got stuff like that which is pretty cool like, it's cute, and there's some funny stuff in the book, and we'll get to this, too. There's, like, a conversation with a Gungan that made me laugh out loud while I, I read. I but laughed out loud, too. I think I, there you go, buddy. But also, like, what Riley said, how it kind of started to lose steam toward the end, I think just for me that was exaggerated because I probably read 70% of the book, like, just yesterday afternoon alone. And to me, this book wasn't, it, you know how the Aftermath trilogy really lent itself to like sitting down for an afternoon and just reading because it was it was kind of kind of like would you agree with this Jake it was kind of snappy like you could almost like snap your fingers along with the narrative but <laughs> you, you know what that? I was reading Aftermath and I was in the library snapping my fingers and the librarian started snapping along and we all did a big sing along of a user submitted song that we'll sing next week wow I'm glad you feel the same so yeah, yeah. it's Aftermath was like that but this book just wasn't as much like that for me. And we already know my, uh, how I feel about like a lot of action in books. I'm, I'm definitely more into like the internal monologue that the Avenue of literature kind of affords. And to me, this book like did that a little bit, but not as much as I wanted. It really was like that, the, especially like second half of the second act and pretty much all the third acts of the book. It was just like 
set piece after set piece. And then at one point, one of the characters was like, well, we're not out of the woods yet. Or just something kind of like that. I'm like, oh boy, because there really was. I mean, there's like a, felt like a hundred pages after we're not out of the woods yet. And so it just kind of, they get a little repetitive. And overall, I just did not have a good time reading this, though there were parts of this book that I really enjoy. But overall, I, I can't give it a hard recommend. I can only recommend like, a few parts of the book and the rest I think you could just read on Wikipedia for all I care. So too much people still being in the woods yet. And also so do, do a Isaac supercut where you just snip out the pages that you don't like and then like do like a fan yep. edit of the 57, book. 59, 72, 139, 232. Hut hut hi. American football. I didn't understand what you were doing. So I I'm interested. So was it like the action that was like too prolonged for you guys at the end? I, Riley mentioned that. Yeah, and it was. I'm um, feeling the same way with uh, the last Aftermath book. I still have like 30 pages left, and it's just the, the last act of that entire book is one prolonged battle, of you know, the Battle of Jakku. And I'm finding that prolonged Star Wars action scenes aren't very compelling in book form, even if they're well written. Should we should we start getting into spoilers? Because I don't know how much I can Please talk do. about specific things. So I guess here's a spoiler warning. We're going to talk about specific things in the book. Play the song. There's a spoiler alert up in here. So close your ears if you don't want to hear the spoiler alert. Nice sound drop. Very good. So there, there's one spot in particular that I, I just kind of... It's, it's where I started skimming past the action-y sequences near the, near the end. I didn't really skim, but I just I uh, I didn't take as much time with those spots because they're in this prison and they're trying to it's it's I don't know it's kind of a prison but they're they're trying to find information in this prison and there are these animals that can hypnotize people with their eyes like if you look in their eyes it's it's not really like hypnotizing like, fi- like what like, like Marlin what? from Finding Nemo when he got hypnotized by the fish. Yes, like the angler That fish. did not happen. Marlin getting hypnotized and finding Nemo? Remember he saw the light? He's like, it's so beautiful. And he started going toward it, and it turned out to be one of them copper oh. fish with the little dangly light. Yeah, the angler Good fish. Points. So it, it's kind of like that. And it happened once to Han, and he had to get saved. And I thought, well, you know, obviously they had an animal that could hypnotize people. Of course it's going to happen. And then it happens a second time about two paragraphs later and i'm like all right yeah we we get it he's not very smart and he keeps looking at the things you're not supposed to look at him and then it happens like a third and a fourth time and finally has like the fourth time he has to be rescued in this one chapter from looking at these things i'm just like okay we really could have made this a lot quicker like that's the kind of action that sometimes it it just drug on a little bit too much it's not a very long book so i think sometimes Near the end, it's just it seemed like uh, action sequences drug out a little too long, and could have been uh, maybe edited down to something a little less time-consuming. I don't know. Can I? I, I want to say about this is for whatever reason I kept comparing this to Aftermath. Maybe it was just like the volume that I read at once because I can really only compare that to Aftermath because every other new canon book I've kind of read at like a more reasonable pace, like 15 minutes to a half hour here and there. So these were like the only, the Aftermath trilogy and this were like the only Star Wars books I've really sunk my teeth into for like an entire weekend afternoon. And I don't know, just the, the, 
the way the action was in aftermath, it was also kind of prolonged, but there was also the sense of you didn't know what was going to happen and you didn't know how the characters were going to end up getting resolved. And I don't know their, their intentions and their like motivations were a little bit more, you were interested more in them. But what I kind of ran into with last shot was I knew that Han and Lando were going to be fine after this. And it felt like I just, there was a lot of the action felt fillery to the point where like, you know, you already know how Han and Lando handle like a galactic wide conflict. And so this was like smaller scale. So there weren't too many surprises. Like, like Han took out his blaster surprisingly and shot the guy and he had a smooth move and Lando said something <laughs> he like smooth because he's a smooth guy. Lots of smooth stuff, but I don't know that it just wasn't, I, I felt like there wasn't as much like it, there was, there was no strong narrative like to support the action. It was just kind of this is going to happen. And we'll, we might get into this too. Like Faizen Gore, like I was kind of compelled by the character, but there was something very like superhero villain who has like one goal in mind and it's an evil goal. And like it, it doesn't feel like a real person because the only thing you're given about them is they have like this really weird obsession with one like, uh, totalitarian way of looking at society as a whole and amoral and you're like okay like i i know you're not going to end up winning so let's just get this over with yeah i i it kind of worked for me though because i agree he was very um he's kind of one-dimensional um but i think it worked just because of the nature of this book it was very pulpy and i don't know if this is Part of me wishes they had gotten into more of why he was trying to. I, I guess we should explain a little bit about about Kai, or Fizen Gore is the bad guy. He's a Powan. Fizen Gore. Fizen Gore. G O R. Mm-hmm. His last name. Um, he's a Powan, which are the guys with the bad teeth from Revenge of the Sith. Which Han ah, yeah. Han makes fun of his bad Thousands teeth of battle droids. several times in this book, which I enjoyed. And can we just say real briefly, so many old aliens in this book that it was just so wonderful. Many. It was wonderful. You know what? I've I've had my hat on too for far too long talking about this. Let me take my hat off for one brief moment to acknowledge the familiarity of the aliens. Not to uh not to leave out the main squeeze of one Lando Calrissian. Ooh. Mm. She is Who uh, that now? She is a Twi'lek or Twi'lek. And she is pretty fun. And I'm glad, spoilers, yep. I'm glad she didn't die. I was afraid she was going to die. And he'd be like, this is the reason why I became Lando Calrissian. Uh, I, I will make one Ba-ba-da-ba. one quick note about um, Isaac's point that he, you know, he knew everything was going to be okay. There was one point at the very end where I was not sure Lando Calrissian was going to live past this book. Um and i'll agree with you there yes i agree okay i I mean it's just like because we haven't seen any lando really unless he was was he in aftermath mentioned in the aftermath series maybe well that takes place before this i don't even know about that but he's just he's kind of non-existent in new canon so i just there was a point where i'm just like okay well he's in a really tight spot i'm not sure maybe this is what happened to lando but he makes it out yeah i i agree (laughs) It was still kind of overridden by my thought that, like, well, I mean, if Admiral Akbar kind of gotten on-screen death and they're 
I don't think Lando is getting taken out in a book. Yeah. Like they haven't really established yet that that major of a character could be altered in such a way in just like the literature that still seems to be kind of like a movie TV show arena. It's it's kind of interesting. I mean, I don't know if you've seen much of Billy D. Williams lately, but I'm not sure he's ever going to be in a movie again. Or like he's he's just kind of old and not able to uh, do it anymore. So I don't I, say, I don't know where we're going to get our our ending with Lando. I was a I actually saw Billy D. Williams live at Cincinnati Comic Con. I think it's been a year and a half ago now, and I was about thirty feet from the man, and he literally could not move, and he could barely move his mouth. Like he was. Basically, well, he was at celebration uh, too. Yeah, I saw him at, saw him at saw celebration. Him at celebration. Yeah. Did he move any more than he did? Uh, no, at, he, when I saw him, he like no. helped around and stuff. Is <laughs> like so. I don't know. He shot a t-shirt cannon. That's true. That's he did shoot it. the t-shirt. He was a t-shirt cannon. cannon. <laughs> yeah. They shot him out. Well, that's why he's doing so bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they put a little cape on him and they shoot him out. No helmet. So yeah. Before before you guys even said anything, I was I realized myself that me personally that um lando you know we don't have anything new of lando so i was reading this and like wait is this the last we see of lando so i'm actually kind of glad to hear that he's gonna be okay (laughs) and in the book sets it up for him to just sort of fade away which maybe is what they're just gonna end up doing with lando maybe he doesn't need to have a heroic one last you know Maybe he gets to choose the Luke path and actually just stay obscure and just live out the rest of his life. It, it could certainly okay. go that way with the way the book ends. So, you know, I'm, I will say, though. Yeah, go ahead. It is uh, kind of obvious now why Lando hasn't been in the movies, because if he's attached at the hip with a familiar alien, then <laughs> by God, he can't be in the sequel trilogy. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They can't have Twi'leks in the new movie, so can't have Lando if he's married to one now. Kathleen's like... <laughs> If only you had been an Abinetto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we talk about the bad guy some? Or I guess, what do you have anything you want to talk about, Jasmine? I don't know how far you are in the book. I, I'm really just here to mediate, I think, because okay. you guys have read you guys have read the meat of it. I'm just now getting to the meat of it, unfortunately. So have you have you gotten to like the main plot? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, a little bit. So you know that like the the bad guy Fizen Gore is a Palin, like I said, mm-hmm. and he was a medical student, I guess. The The story takes place in about, like, ten different time periods, which is a little bit confusing sometimes yeah. to keep track mm-hmm. of when everything is happening. I'd say 50% of the book takes place in present day, which is when Ben is two years old. Um, but then yeah. there are, there are lots like- of time jumps to 15, 20, five years ago, things like that. I was able to keep it straight in my head because the the Fizan Gore like origin story was the earliest that was like twenty mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. ago before the book, and then the Lando part was fifteen because in my head I just pictured Donald Glover, and then I switched to Harrison Ford because his part was only like ten years before. So yeah. that's what kind of worked for me. That's what I did. Bad guy, bad guy thoughts. You've already shared some bad guy thoughts, Isaac. Do you have any more Kaizen Gore thoughts? Also, um. What also kind of distracted from the book for me was the fact that the underlying, because I I thought it was kind of neat, the conceit of the book, how it kind of went between different time periods. But the fact that it was like Faizen Gore kind of linking this all together, that took away just a little bit for me. I don't know. I had like complicated feelings on Faizen Gore because I I was compelled by like 
the Faizen centric chapters. I thought that was kind of an, his origin story was kind of neat. I thought, but more or less by the end to me, I think if you, uh, Jake, if you're to read this book, if you go in specifically hmm. with the knowledge that this is just a pulpy story that you shouldn't take too seriously, I think it'll be good because for me, I think if you take it too seriously, you'll realize that Faizen Gore basically brings up the same moral dilemma that like the Borg from Star Trek did. I mean, it, it feels like a, a kind of a dilemma that's been brought up a lot of times with a lot of different antagonists. Do you know if you just, switch around like, the letters to his name, it spells Borg. Oh, sure, kind of. We are was <laughs> on Grand Moff talking today. But what I I feel like a lot of times we've brought up the quandary of like humanity versus machinery and the fact that like logic and pragmatism is like it it brings out it, it gets us closer to perfection, but it also takes away our humanity. Who and I think we've already kind of this? like settled this. Everyone ever but not in Star Wars is the thing. I think like is... on our show, I was like, that doesn't sound like a thing we've ever even scratched on our show. I well, I scratch it personally in my own time, but I'm thinking more in a uh, <laughs> between you and your wife. Broader, all-encompassing like fiction. I think we've kind of covered that base a lot. That's I that's see. why I kind of compare it to the Borg because the, the Borg royal kind of, of thought was like, yes, yeah, yes, and the Borg kind of had the philosophy of if we if we're going to achieve perfection, then we have to be have like the hive mind and we have to forsake emotion and da, 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 da. but humans are like no humanity is what makes us human take that bad guys and the machines and then the humans live happily ever after but we we've not gotten that star that story in star wars before and i guess so and <laughs> to me one of my my biggest complaints about the star wars universe is that droids have always been force. second? Yes, the force is bad, <laughs> and also second, that droids are always second-class citizens in Star Wars, and everyone's kind of just okay with it. You can treat yeah. your droid like crap. You can erase their their memory, even though they clearly show signs of of sentience. And it's it's more than just it's more than just programming. The fact that droids feel pain and can be tortured and things like that, like it's. It's never sat right with me, and I like a story that sort of explores, you know, maybe droids are more than humans because Kai Kaizen. I keep wanting to call him Kaizen because of a uh, an old game I played. I'll let you. Boy, this is all over the place. Okay, so my problem with the this story and the way it treats this um, droids rights issue because because Faizen Gore is. Um, sort of trying to get equal rights for droids but also at the same time not really he just wants all organic beings to die and have droids take over so part so of me kind is of like killmonger yeah kind of like killmonger <laughs> like he, oh wow he wanted good things but in a bad way yeah <laughs> and, and that's my problem things, because you know is this movie a shot for shot ripoff of black panther yes exactly I like it. but it's um it's kind of a bummer that this story happened this way because I want I want this to be explored again and it's pretty much just shown as a bad thing in this in this book. It's put in a bad light for someone to be vying for droid rights. And I don't know if we're gonna get a story that explores it more from a more reasonable point of view. Like droids are droids are people and they should probably be treated like people. Yeah, well just like I said, I mean I I was kind of, I think if I read the book again, I'd feel different. I, I might 
be more into it just because I know what I'm getting into this time. But I think I just I kept waiting on something that never really happened. I find my own fault for trying to desire too deep of a book from what the story provided. There you go. There you go. There you go. This has been an episode of There You Go. <laughs> and now we're going to move on to – okay, you guys teased something that, hey, as a prequel enthusiast and advocate and evangelical, I was like, hey, my little ear flaps are flapping. What? So a Gungan is in this book. This a Gungan. This makes me wish that we were in person because this probably – this section probably – requires or it deserves dramatic a, reading? Uh, a dramatic reading we can try it oh, you and isaac could do it we could do it what i guess we can just say okay so there's a there's a gungan at a at a desk like a um a secretary a gungan secretary at a desk and han sees him and they're, Ooh, they're trying to trying to get into this security wing where they can download information doesn't matter what matters is that there's a, a a Gungan at a desk, and Han is trying to to marm his way past him. Oh, these guys. Han said under his breath to Chewie and Peekpa. I'll handle this. He stepped up to the desk and waved, flashing a goofy smile. Greetings, Misa. Aro held up a hand. Uh, let me just stop you right there, buddy. Uh, what's happening? I am saving you the trouble of further embarrassing yourself with all the Misa Misa Bantha Poodoo. Just don't. But, uh, How but... many Gungans have you met? Uh, like... Han started counting fingers. I mean actually spoken to. About seven? Okay, so we'll round to one. Han's collar was tight. He stuck a finger in, prying it away from his neck. Probably accurate. And based on that one interaction with one Gungan plus whatever nonsense you've heard about us out in the galaxy, which, let's be honest, is mostly garbage, you feel that you have a real grasp on who the Gungans are as a species. Uh, no, I... Exactly. Aro slammed the desk triumphantly. He seemed to be enjoying himself. And yet, you're ready to walk up to a random Gungan you've never met and start in with the Misa Misas. Bro, save it. Trust me. That's awesome. That's yep. great. It's so, I genuinely enjoyed that. It's so it's just so great that Han I'm gonna the say idiot very rare up. that humor works in Star Wars books. And yeah, this is one instance where it really works. This is probably by far my least favorite of the new canon books, but that may be like a top five new canon moment for me in the books. Wow, Why this is your least favorite so of the least favorite, books you've read? Like, behind like Leia and stuff. Yep. Yeah, was none good. Of you really liked Leia. yeah, I don't you know. Loved Leia. The highs, I don't know. Leia still was written interestingly, I guess. Huh. Yep, I think it's bottom. Wow, this is uh, this is big talk right here. This this is a yeah, book big that thing. is the the writing in this book is tailor made for Isaac to hate it because it feels very very modern. Um, Jasmine. Oh yeah. Oh, interesting. Like, wait a minute, Isaac. I have a bone to pick with you right away. Canto ow, bite. Ow! 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 <laughs> now that I've done picking your bones, let me say the word canto bite to you. Worse than the canto bite book. It's oh, better true. than canto bite. It's better bite. than canto bite. Well, not not you're picking my bones two here. Of us, two of us like it, and one doesn't so far. All of and us I like what I've heard. Bite. 
If you're going to pick my bones, I'm talking me personally. Well, as you often I, do. It's, I guess it's a little better. There was less of a time commitment with Canto Bikes. I just read one of the stories. I <laughs> That's technically true. haven't completed I, Canto Bikes, so I give it an incomplete. I will say, <laughs> I will say um, this is an actual story that uh, does things as opposed to Canto Bite, which was just nothing. It was just a nothing book. This at least is a book it's hard to with a plot. Canto Bite. Um, Did you have an ex- example of uh, the modernness of this book? Yeah, probably? so there there is definitely a, a point where Han's internal monologue, he's, he's thinking to himself about he needs to, uh, he was about to clap back at somebody. That, to me, was the most egregious example of the modernization of the language in this book. Um, I, I didn't love it. It also didn't ruin the book for me. Like, I'm, I'm okay with getting... That's, that's part of the thing with um, diversifying the storytellers in the Star Wars universe. Sometimes things are... Just, it's going to be different than, you know, the, the 60-year-old George Lucas who was solely in charge of Star Wars. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get different now that we have different perspectives. He wasn't 60 when he did A New Hope. Eh, he's always been 60. <laughs> that's kind of true. He hasn't really <laughs> aged at all from a voice and perception right. brain point of view. Yeah. So it, it's we're just getting different perspectives and sometimes Han Solo is going to have the phrase clap back and you know you're just going <laughs> to you're just going to have to deal with that. Clap back. Yeah. yeah. It's it, I don't it, know. It felt very out of place, but also uh, this this writer Daniel Jose Older, Older which we never mentioned his name by the way. Um, he wrote one of the stories in uh, from a certain point of view, the stormtrooper, the story of the stormtrooper who got like mind tricked by Obi Wan and then like went on oh, a, yeah. a spiritual quest on his dewback like naked through the <laughs> desert. So that story also felt it, it, the whole book is kind of written like that story. It's it's a very uh, it's a very modern take on Star Wars, but, but I like. On it. the other side of the spectrum, me and Riley still kind of feel like it has an old canon feel to it yeah and that we don't quite know how to explain so that sounds like a like the best of both both yeah. worlds best of both worlds we <laughs> we That's came right. to that conclusion separately too but jazzer and i both felt we when we talked about it we realized we both felt that it uh it feels very much like a legends book in some weird way and so obviously we don't gonna, know if it's just because like it's a little more sillier not a serious like I don't know the characters don't always talk super seriously I don't think there's I don't know. aspects of the book where it is like it's it's pretty silly in a good way for me like calling something grim doc like that on the nose <laughs> I thought oh that's pretty silly yeah like this is obvious like we're not supposed to take this too seriously Wait, I kind of like that grim dark grim grim doc is the uh the name of this prison that they go to <laughs> Yikes. Um, but then, but like also like the, the bad guy's name is, is Gore. The bad guy who takes organic parts and puts them on droids. He like takes eyeballs out of humans and puts them on a droid's eye socket. And his name is Gore. I mean, it's just like, it's very on the nose with this stuff. Well, I mean, Star Wars has always been Sidious. You got it. Exactly. Isaac is having another breakdown. I... I would be uh, devastated if we were remiss in mentioning the fact that they dissected a Geonosian in this Ooh. book, the yeah. the Powans, like in their medical school, like that's part of their practices. Yeah, Geonosians. Yeah, that was, Wait a minute. that was kind of messed up. It was just like a Geonosian worker. Fascinating. 
Well, yeah. I will say in Rebels, they seemed to view Geonosians as like subhuman, sub sentient. Like they didn't view them as people. They they kept on calling them bugs and stuff. Right. Which they, they're that? kind of on the same level as droids. So Yeah. yeah. That's I'm super with not uh, good. Riley. I want to see a droid uprising book. Like and that, it could that, be a really good yeah. parallel to what's happening now with like repressed groups of people rising up against the machine. And and the Except the, it's the machines rising up against the system. And the droid L three, who's gonna be in solo, she's in part of this book, Lando's Lando's friend, and she is all about like she kind of sets a lot of things in motion when it comes to droid rights in this book. It's just a oh, shame cool. that the movement is then co-opted by this Fizen Gore, who instead of trying to come to a solution where everybody is equal, including the droids, his his solution is let's only have the droids. I don't love that we're getting a sassy droid in every single Star Wars movie, I will say. I'm cool with it. This droid, like, this book made me excited about having a sassy L3, though. I think she's going to be, I think she's going to be a lot of fun. You don't think she's just going to be, like, K2SO.20? Why can't we just have fun sassy droids and enjoy it? Seems racist to make all droids sassy. (laughs) Well, why can't we have a morose, like, introspective droid? I'm telling you, I think, uh... that's we do. He's R two, but um, it's becoming it's becoming the uh, like gay best friend trope in a movie or something. It's becoming I, like I'm not all droids have yeah. to be like this. I won't argue with you, but I I this book gave me hope, and it's very possible Solo comes out, and that's exactly what L three is. But this book kind of gave me hope that there's more going on with L three. I don't know if they'll have time to explore it in the movie, but I think uh, I think there's potential for her to be more than just K two point two. <laughs> I will K2S jokes. My uh kind of what I thought though reading L three is I I guess I share your sentiment, Riley. It's nice when a character has an important moment in a movie. But I'm thinking this may be kind of the same deal as like Galen Urso and Catalyst, where like his important thing to do was all the things that were in the book before the movie. In the movie it was just kinda of like the the footnote at the end. I think that might be like yeah. L3 might just have like 10 funny quips in solo. And this is where we get to see like proof that, oh yeah, L3 did do important things. We just didn't get to see it on screen. Yeah. It's, it's very possible that couldn't end up happening. And if that's the case, I'm glad I read the book first so that I could see this side of L3 first before we get the jokey side. And there's going to be jokes. There's going to be jokes, but don't you dare call it Marvel humor because Marvel <laughs> humor is not a thing. No, it's Jim not. Kreitz has recently it, learned. That's right. I was, and, and can I just, I want to give a brief thank you to Bobby Roberts who oh, showed gosh. me that um, there is no such thing as Marvel humor. Yes, everybody says it, and um, it doesn't Did seem like. Did explain any more of that? All I heard was you say Bobby Roberts thinks there's no humor in Marvel. No, no, no. He's it? saying that there's no such thing as Marvel humor, that its humor is just humor, and that it is not unique or distinctive in any way it's just humor and it's offensive to movies and other action comedies to call it marvel humor because all other action movies have used humor in the past and i say there is a reason why people generally feel that all marvel movies feel the same and i think it's because they have a distinct tone and style yes some of them are more serious than others but there is a style and if there wasn't they wouldn't be universally known to be a thing 
it ex- this this exists because it's a thing, not because people are making it up and are ignorant of. This is a, <laughs> this is a great end to our episode about uh, last yeah. shot. So well, here's the thing: he's not going to listen to it, and Comics with Kenobi is not going to listen to it, and Dex's Diner isn't going to listen to it, so it's fine. Hey. No one's going to hear it. You I know what? Dex is going to listen to this. I, I have confidence in the power of peanut butter. <laughs> Is the episode title. Um, and I hope we should call that. Do we have any other things to say about Last Shot? Oh, I guess we should just give our final pitch. Do we recommend Jake read this or not? Oh, yeah. I think Jake should read it. Is that all you have to say? Isaac. Yeah, that's all I have to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> strong strong oh, argument for I, thought, I haven't read that much. I really can't say it. I think you'd enjoy it, though, from at least the way he's reacting. I would say, Jake, I, I honestly can't recommend it one more the the other but now you know what the book's about so i think if you if you would like that type of story then i'd say read it because it's nothing more and nothing less it feels completely condescending <laughs> <laughs> you know if you're the kind of stupid idiot who would like this kind of thing i guess you might like it but uh... well you think that, well you do think that marvel humor is a thing so how much can i trust <laughs> i am foolish enough to think that that franchise has a distinctive tone <laughs> um riley Slap me on the butt and call me a stupid idiot because I think you should read this book. <laughs> I will. It's a. It's if you go into it knowing it's a silly pulp story, um, and the writing sometimes gets a little too cute with itself. Uh, if if you can deal with that, I think you'll have a, a fun time reading this book. I know you hate cute writing, but uh, if you I don't get, hate cute writing. Well, I'm you know what I. Time. You know what I mean. You I only like good like, writing. Is yes, it good I know. Cute or bad cute. Sometimes, sometimes the writing gets a little too into itself. But oh yeah, I oh. think it tells a fun story um, with Han Solo and Lando Calrissian, and they're fun. They're fun guys. Ooh, can we ask a brief question about the audio version? Oh yeah. No, but you can ask a box. You can ask a boxer. What? You can ask a boxer question. Oh my god, <laughs> Isaac, I'm gonna need you to come. Can down. I say? My... Are you smelling toast? Hey, am I allowed to say something, guys? Yeah. Yeah. The it's not very far into the book, like I think it's page forty-one. The description of Lando's outfit and how it fits him had me dying. It's laughing. you know what? There's a lot. They they take um Lando's like the jokes about Lando's obsession with with clothing. And they turn it into like a fetish in this book, and it is hilarious. Lando and his clothing is great in this book. I was I about to say, read this. This sounds good. You say fetish, and it seriously is like it's borderline erotic. Oh, it really is. Like he <laughs> yeah, desc- he is. describes at one point he describes he has to get dressed very quickly because some emergency happens, and he's like complaining in his mind because he has to get dressed so quickly, and he usually likes to take his time and feel each piece of clothing as it drapes across his skin. And it's like <laughs> it is. It takes it takes it to a fetish for sure. Um, I'm I, into this. Also, also at can one I, point, I'm going to revise my recommendation. Also, oh. okay. Oh, already. Can I, can I say I would recommend this book up until you sense that there's about to be like the final battle, whatever. Just know that the good guys win, and then read like the last two chapters. <laughs> if you skip 75 pages of this book, I think it's a very good read. You're like giving permission. My to call. Skim. Permission to skim. I'm giving you the old PTS. She's got a ticket to skim. <laughs> there's there's also one point where um Han is describing what the Falcon looked like before he got it 
like when Lando owned it, and he describes it as a maniac's immaculate cape museum, which I just <laughs> I really loved that line. The, the Falcon was uh, very maniac's good. immaculate cape museum. This sounds like a great book, and I it's, think I will check it out. I, you can borrow my my book because I'm done with it. And also, Riley, I want to know. Yeah. Did you immediately flip it to the Lando cover like I did? Oh, absolutely. The first yeah, thing I did yeah, was flip yeah. it to the Lando cover. Mm-hmm. It's an objectively cooler cover. It is. It is. Yeah. I tried that and I broke my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't try to turn your phone inside out. They don't do the for your phone. No, it's not. They that. don't it's tell you that at the Apple Store. <laughs> well, they don't. They need you come up. It's it's a fun book filled with lots of funny moments, and yeah, it's worth it. Sounds it good. Made, it has made me a little even more excited for the solo movie. I will say that already. Well, I'm ready. I'm ready too. All the new trailers have been really good. I think it looks good. I'm I'm back in. I'm back on this the hype train on old what's your McCullough planet that they're on. Endor two. What's it called? Endora 2. Endora 2. Oh, it's Endora 2. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> or Minbane. Planet of Endora 2. Uh, well, guys, this has been an episode of Grand Moff Talking. Can I say a couple things? We have not had a uh, rating in a while on iTunes. We haven't had a email in a minute. And we haven't had any increase in listeners in a while. <laughs> so tell your <laughs> friends. We've peaked. We peaked very early on, and it's yeah. been a steady decline ever since. <laughs> um, and not even the not even the good kind of peak. We're just like the voyeuristic peak. Boy, oh. <laughs> so and it's because of things like that that we've had a steady decline. <laughs> now we will be back in person next recording, whether I am able to keep my promise or not. <laughs> <laughs> we swear we we just all been so busy. Sorry about these Discord recordings. Yeah, we're gonna kick it up a notch. We're gonna get back to our former level of quality, which was apparently only ever pretty good. Um, any final thoughts or words or feelings? Nah, I'm so sw- stepping so out sw- for this last minute of Grim off talking. Oh, oh boy, the earth and all of its breezes. And the leaves of the trees, and the love that I've loved. Throwing it I'm back unhappy. to you, Jake. I'm unhappy with this. Uh, well, I, I thought it was a good show until that, and now I don't know. Uh, it has been, of course, delicately curated, long form discussion of the international. Back is so sweaty. Sure, oh, Star Wars socket tailored in the car for Brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your yeah, host, Riley. Immaculate Cape Museum. Jasmine. Oh, gosh. Isaac's disgusting. <laughs> Me, Jake, the <laughs> terrible host, and uh, the former host, Isaac. Sweaty back boy himself. Swampy. Yeah. Oh. Oy. <laughs> what are you doing in my swamp? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Can we quit now? Are we done? Can we quit? We're done. We can quit the show forever. Bye. That's really good. I will admit it was weird seeing Han say that he was about to clap back at someone.
<laughs> or at one point when they say like he's about to wreck some <laughs> like all the like <laughs> oh hey what's up <laughs> those are weird things Ladies, that we in a book. <laughs> <laughs> you picked a good moment there's a blooper <laughs> isaac what about you are you playing breath of the wild I'm actually in the real wild right now. I am sitting in my car right now because <laughs> Jamie is massaging somebody in our house. And so I guess I can't be in there. This is a crazy story. Sounds aren't relaxing enough. The, it really the, is. The true wild. You don't think that. I, now, have you, did you picture that your voice might be its own kind of massage? Well. Does your wife give massages? That's literally what she does for a living. Did you not? That's know? right. I forgot about that. <laughs> Christina needs one. I can hear my. Bradley, can I? <laughs> Please. <laughs> this is insufferable. <laughs> and uh, it won't make it to air, but. <laughs> and, and, and I've gotten to the point where I can't tell Isaac's real laugh from his fake laugh anymore. <laughs> is there a difference? <laughs> oh no oh, wow i really you're right i can't tell on this one yep. whatever's happening right now it sounds like a mental breakdown all i can wow. think of is like someone in his neighborhood seeing this guy in a car laughing to himself <laughs> maniacally jamie kept requesting that i go to a park to record this and i told her no because i'm just a regular I'm just in a regular parking lot right now, which is weird enough. <laughs> Wait, she suge she suggested you go to a park like where children are playing and you have a microphone? <laughs> yes, and sit in the car. And you're doing okay. that laugh into a microphone by a bunch of children? Unlike Indeed. on the bright side, it would be a great blooper to hear Isaac get arrested. <laughs> it absolutely would be um, live from, like, the <laughs> state penitentiary. <laughs> Spoilers. That's where he lives. Yeah. Can I cede my hosting duties momentarily to Jasmine while I go to the bathroom? Oh, okay. The that, uh, torches. That, that means she she oh, wow. has the the duties until you know she cedes them back. I'm just letting you know. Oh boy! So I might come I back and say, she might hang out to that torch. She might. You know what they say? I probably won't. <laughs> if you don't use it, you'll lose it. That's what they Yikes. say. <laughs> but if I don't. Who's it? I'm going to lose it. <laughs> Great. Oh, wow. Great. Hey, it's you been... You know what I mean, guys? <laughs> anyway, it's bye. It's been <laughs> one year since our Florida trip, and this really takes me back. Oh, yeah. I gotta say. I don't have well a physical book. Well, <laughs> use the search function on your book, dipweed. <laughs> but you search mean the Goonigan. magnifying glass? That's what that's for? <laughs> I think so, man, for solving mysteries. <laughs>